The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your recap episode for this week's Fortnite Championship, this week's BMW PGA Championship, this week's betting cards, everything we could possibly recap, we will do right now. Joining me to do just that, Patrick McDonald is here. Patrick, good day. Gentlemen, more like good night, little first cut after dark. Uh, <laughs> might get might get a little spicy. I don't know. <laughs> One event on the West Coast and Patrick just cannot just function any far, any farther. I'm delusional. <laughs> Greg Ducharme is here. Hello, Greg. Are you holding up better than Patrick is right now? Well, I'd like to think so. <laughs> um, but first cut after dark. I mean, you know what they say. Nothing good happens after nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is the... You know, the the hour where we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But a lot of good stuff to talk about. What a week um, in on, on both sides of the pond, as they say. So pretty good stuff. Uh, the witching hour. Indeed. Wait, what are you going to do, Patrick, when when like what time are the Rome recaps going to be for you? That's they're, early, man. They're going the other way. Oh, right. Because they're nine hours ahead of West Coast time. So they're six hours ahead of east coast time so you'll just be doing it yeah you'll be just doing it like early in the morning yeah i'd much rather prefer that right yeah hawaii is the tough hawaii is tough <laughs> i'm gonna be sick he's off he's taking off those, he's taking off those first two weeks <laughs> i could go there yeah there you go all right hey we'll talk to the editor greg we'll uh we'll see if I'll we got you up See if we have it in the budget to get Patrick yeah. to Maui for a couple of weeks. Or to get, on the, get on the time zone. Yeah, <laughs> he's got to he, he's got to acclimate to the time zone. If you need if you need any words from him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gentlemen, Fortnite Championship is in the books, and we've got a new winner on the PGA Tour. His name Sahith Thigala. He has broken through and he has gotten it done. What did I read? His seventy seventh pga tour start and it was a pretty impressive dare i say dominating performance greg he had the lead for the for all of sunday uh led or played from out in front for a long time in this championship held it together when he needed to and puts a trophy on his mantle for the first time and you think about what it's like having a 54 hole lead in a PGA tour event um, when you start off and especially someone like Scythe, who has been in the mix on a couple of occasions and experienced some heartbreaking losses, most notably at uh, the travelers and, and also in Phoenix. Um, those two stick out the most also came in second at the RSM uh, last fall. But you think about what he does coming right out of the gate and rips a tee shot down there, 337 yards, and hits a hits a wedge inside of five feet uh, from from 94 yards, and makes birdie. And he gets himself off to the start that, I mean, you couldn't draw it up any better. It takes advantage of another wedge opportunity at number four, although that one was much closer. And then makes uh, makes birdie at at number five, and all of a sudden this this tournament's wide open which was great for him. And it allowed him to kind of play his game. He's, he's really fun to watch. 
because he, he plays a different style, right? He doesn't play the, um, you know, I, I don't say any of these names in a begrudging way. They're great players, but you think of like the way a Sung JM plays and it's robotic. Uh, Colin Morikawa, it's robotic when they're playing their best golf. And Sahith's brand is totally different. It, he he moves the ball around. It's a little wild at times. It's got more of a speed feel to it. And he's kind of been hard to figure out. Now he's had times where he's been a great driver of the golf ball. Times where he's been a great iron player. His short game spectacular, um, and the putter seems to go up and down too. It's like every area of his game is there. It's just a matter of whether or not he'll put it all together. Yeah, putting it all together is what he did this week. 21 under par around Silverado. And Patrick, statistically, he was a zero off the tee. Uh, he finished 18th in strokes gained approach, but did a ton of his work on and around the greens. Five strokes around the green, nine with the flat stick. That's 14 strokes gained in the short game category. So he was hooping everything he laid his eyes on. I think Greg's uh, assessment of kind of being like Jordan Spieth is, is spot on. And he's kind of a throwback player with the way he shapes the shots. Uh, he does not. I mean, you kind of look across the pond and you see Ludwig, who doesn't curve the ball at all. Co uh, you know, contrast to him, who's moving it seems like 50 yards left to right off the tee just for fun. Um, and so it, it's really – impressive the way he got it done especially with you know, the the Thigala family out there all 35 strong pumping them up and I really look at his finish to the 2023 FedEx Cup where he made bogey on the 72nd hole at the BMW championship he wasn't able to get all four major championship exemptions because he did not qualify for the tour championship and he said this week that it's weighed on his mind and for him to get his win and this is a guy who has been, you know, the guy. You think about sweeping those awards in college, three-time All-American, absolute stud at Pepperdine. For him to finally break through, still only 25, super young, everyone's saying it's going to be the first of many. There's no reason to, to suggest otherwise. But to get it done in California after that disappointment of missing out at, of the Tour Championship uh, end of last year is really impressive. And to kind of solidify those four starts for next year uh, is huge. Yeah, and I think that's a good point there to dive into a little bit more, Greg, is, you know, Sahith, when he when he came out of Pepperdine and uh, had all these accolades and had that close call early, remember he went on that run where it was like Tory and then Phoenix, or maybe it was in the opposite order, but you know, like that run there, and it's, it's not like we forgot about him since then, but there's just been a lot of new blood and everything else that's been going on in the game still 25 years old, still incredibly talented, and now has a lot more wiggle room in the schedule and everything that moves forward from here. Uh, right, which is a, it's a big deal. Um, but you think about the, he leaves our minds for a little bit only because he's not in contention. Uh, but he did have a run where he made a, he had a cut streak going. I think it was leading on, yeah. on the PGA Tour before missing a couple in a row which we talked about on Monday as well, Rick. Um, and, and so he, yeah, it, it's a strange thing. Cause he, he's not really a steady player when you watch him compete, even at his best. It, it's like I said, it's not that robotic, steady, automatic style. And, and so when you see a player like that, not in contention, it looks like inconsistency and it may, it may be, but he he doesn't have that um, that straightforward game where you get the sense he's just completely locked in. Uh, but he knows how to put numbers on the scorecard, and, uh, and and he's continued working at it. And all of a sudden, here he is uh, in a event with a pretty. I mean, these are some pretty good players that are right behind him. It, I know it's not the strongest field, and we didn't expect to get really strong fields during the FedEx fall, but. You look at guys like Eric Cole and Cam Davis and uh, and Justin Thomas being there in the mix. You have a, a handful of really good players right near the top of this leaderboard that he's able to dominate. And I think that's a really good sign. And as he goes forward into those designated events next year, uh, he'll feel like he can compete with those guys. And he probably did before this, but it's just that extra validation.
Yeah, I thought it was an impressive uh, finish uh, on Sunday, Patrick, because he did hit a couple of squirrely shots, specifically off the tee on that second nine, but he was able to just kind of right the ship. He was able to, um, you know, fend off the the kind of the ebbs and flows of of that round and kind of keep his head and do plenty. I mean, he had, this it never really got close. It's going to end up being a two shot victory because he makes bogey on eighteen, but it it never felt all that close. Yeah, he had one hand on that trophy. It felt like the entire day. Um, the one, you know, nervy shot for me was really the wedge into ten, where he short sided himself, and then he com, you know, compacted that error with the short miss and made bogey. Yeah. But the really big, if you want to call it a turning point or whatever, was the up and down on the par five where the chip wasn't fantastic. It rolled out just outside ten feet, and he was able to bury that putt keep his distance when SH Kim was coming along. Eric Cole had his chances as well. Cam Davis was kind of just doing weird stuff all day. Bizarre. I, I wasn't, wasn't really sure what his deal was, uh, but getting a birdie on that par five felt like he already had one hand on the trophy and his second, uh, you know, took grasp there as well. Here's a fun nugget because of the timing of when he came out uh, in 2020 and obviously the COVID shutdown. He made his professional debut. The, his, the first event that he played as a professional was on the Outlaw Tour. The lone, the Outlaw Tour's Lone Tree Classic, because that was the only thing going on in June of 2020. He finished third. <laughs> That's, that is not usually where Haskins winners go. Uh, no, I love the Outlaw Tour, but that is not usually where you see them make their professional debut. No, that, that is... <laughs> Really funny, you know, and, and and then Pepperdine wins the national championship. Was that in 21 or did they win it in 2020? I thought it was 2021 because I thought yeah, it was the, the next year. After. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. And and he had left and then kind of because of that shutdown, you didn't really see him. Right. So it was very it was a very strange thing. I remember thinking it's like, where is the gala here? Um, but that make that makes total sense. So it's been a unique career so far and very fun to watch. You love what, what happens with his family cheering him on. Um, that is going to be quite a celebration tonight. So it's, it's great for all of them. They got to be, they got to be thrilled. Uh, right behind Sahith, you were kind of alluding to this here, Patrick SH Kim rudder up cam Davis, solo third, Eric Cole, solo fourth. Where do you want to go here? I'll, I'll throw this to you. Who do you want to talk about? The Cole train. Give me the Cole train. Garrett Eric Cole's Cole. little brother. Eric Cole, 68, 66, 68, 70. Another uh, high-end finish for the guy that will soon likely be crowned the rookie of the year, right? We're all on we're all in agreement on that? You would think so. And gosh, it, it really felt like if he could have just made a lot more putts like he normally does. This was a perfect spot for him to pick off his first victory. Obviously, it went in the way of the gala, but you look at the statistics here. First in tee to green, second in approach, third around the green. Didn't drive the ball great. He's not really a great driver, but 51st in putting. And the Eric Cole, who kind of ran through the mini tours and every tournament this, this week or this year, it seemed like he didn't even take a break. He was gaining... It seems like a, a stroke around, at least on the greens. And for him to kind of fall short with the putter in hand, we saw it today in particular with the short misses. He missed like three straight five-ish footers on the back nine there. Uh, after he made, you know, somewhat of a charge there on the front nine, he was peppering flag sticks, just couldn't really convert a lot of his birdie chances. So it's been a great season for him. You think about him coming onto the scene at the Honda Classic out of nowhere, almost winning that tournament against Chris Kirk and everything that has snowballed since it's just been unbelievably impressive, you know, making over $3 million for a mini tour legend. It's been a real life-changing season and it's cool. We always get these young, you know, out right out of college guys who can win right away and having a story like Eric Cole, that's anything but that is uh, awesome. It's just really cool to see.
Yeah, that's a that's certainly a glow up the the season he's had. Second this week in approach, fourth around the green, but a small negative with the flat stick. Greg is really uh, the shocking thing here. It probably wouldn't have gained five strokes putting, but uh, you know it, it felt like he could have been in the mix uh, and put a. He was the guy that I thought was going to apply the pressure to Sahith. It never material materialized. Yeah, it, it looked like he was going too early. Um, you know, getting a, a couple of birdies at five and eight was was nice. You thought he could make a move on the back nine, which was disappointing. I'll tell you, he could have gained five strokes putting. I, I wouldn't have been surprised. Um, <laughs> he's done that before, maybe not for the day, but over the totality of the week. He just never had a day where the flat stick got hot like it normally does. Uh, and this is something we talked about on Monday. Eric Cole has these, when you get to these kind of more generic courses from a statistical standpoint, you know, like when, when you just look at the data and what the golf course demands, this one's a little more generic. And whenever we get into those situations, there are two keys to making a ton of birdies and it's the iron play and the putter. And that's exactly what Eric Cole does. So in all of these events, he looks so good on paper. The cool thing is he's been able to step up and make it really worthwhile with strong finishes. I mean, he is a reliable, he's a reliable player on the PGA tour. And, you know, Patrick used this word, which is true mini tour legend. And that's usually it means you're a great golfer, but it's usually not a great thing. It's not necessarily, you a know, no, yeah, it's, it, like backhanded. It's, it, it's a backhanded compliment. You know, you think of like, uh, you, you make like a satire Twitter account on being a mini tour legend, right? <laughs> like, like club pro guy. Yeah. Cause there's this sense that it, it signifies you haven't made it. Yeah. It's like the and, guy who has the most career minor league home runs, it's right? Like, like awesome but also stinks <laughs> yeah you have uh you know records in in the major leagues in any sport and so many of the all-time career records come from longevity and so you know maybe it's not yards per carry but if you run for 20 years and everybody else is averaging a three-year career you're gonna get a, accumulate a lot more yards than everybody else but um, but at the same time, the longevity is a asset. But when you're playing mini tours, you don't want to play that many. You don't want to play 50 mini tour events, let alone win over 50 mini tour events because you want to advance. And and, he, and it took him a really long time to get there. But I'm amazed with his ability to stay uh, and, and stick with it. And then all of a sudden get the opportunity and look like he's been out here for five years, 10 years, you know, he looks like a, he plays like a veteran. He, he looks like he belongs and, and he's certainly proven that he does. So yeah, I'm a big fan of Eric Cole and this, uh, this very easily could have been a win for him. Uh, speaking of cut streaks, that is his 11th consecutive cut made. It is the seventh longest active streak. Any guesses on who has the longest active streak and what that number is? I knew you were going to say that. You knew I was going to do it, right? Ah, I knew it. Mm. I was thinking, don't, don't ask. Because I just, I don't know. I got it. Do you know it off the top of your head? Or have you looked Zan it up? Xander Shoffley, 24. It is Xander Shoffley. And you have disrespected him. It is 33. Masters last year. It's a ton. Pretty good. And the Masters, which is like everybody makes the cut. I know. Xander's at 33. Victor Hovland, 27. Scotty Scheffler, 25. Then there's a gap. Hatton and Jaeger at 13. Now Rory and Eric Cole at 11. Those are just yeah. PGA Tour events. So here, here's the follow-up. Where did Scotty miss the cut in his last one? Um, it was that, was it the one, um, was it Mexico? No, it was Houston. No, that was where the last time he didn't finish inside the top 12. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I thought you had it with your first guess. It's uh, Mayakoba. 
spelled similar. No. Spelled similar to the Mexico? Be- the, be- the beginning. Memorial. Mm, Memphis. There's no. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Yeah. I wouldn't classify Memphis and, and Mexico as similar. I guess ME is there. ME. I threw me off on that. Yeah. Let's see. Um, missed the cut. Yeah. And tw- that was over a year ago, August of 2022. He missed the cut at TPC Southwind. Hmm. Yeah. But that's only because Cameron Smith stepped in his line on the putting uh, green that week. Oh, yes. That's right. That's right. Uh, let's talk quickly on Cam Davis here. Uh, Greg, Patrick was absolutely right that this was just kind of bizarre Sunday. So he made on Sunday alone a double, two bogeys, uh, four birdies, and an eagle. The eagle was one of the m- most ridiculous shots I've ever seen. He yes. chipped in from uh, like hard pan right next to a uh, right next to the cart path that he was standing on. He just knocked it into the side of the hill and rolled it. Like I just, you could give him a bucket. I'm not sure he'd knock it within two feet, let alone knock it in. You know, when you play in Scotland and you have the revetted face bunkers and the ball gets stuck near the, the back edge and, and guys are trying to figure out how to get steep enough to miss the back lip. Well, th- this was the same situation, but a cart path. There you go. Josh is showing it on YouTube right now. He's trying to decide if he wants to take relief, but there's a tree. You can barely, you can see the base of the tree in the middle right of that picture. His relief is to the right, which is, it would put him behind a tree. So he does not take relief. He stands, he just continues standing on the path and trying to take this one on. And so he hits a bump and run through there. And it, it went into the hole with some speed, but, not that much, right? It's not like it bounced up. I didn't think it bounced up in the air. So it was pretty good stuff after that. Um, but it was just a wild day. Like the, the tee shot at eight is just wild. He had so many wedge opportunities. Um, and I mean, he, he lost two and a quarter strokes approaching the green. And he had... So many shots from 80 yards. I, I think he missed four greens with wedges in his hands. Yeah. You know, little wedges, 80, 90 yard wedge shots, uh, which was definitely disappointing. So this, there's a couple ways to look at this round. That Eagle is lucky in, in some amazing. And, and there's an element of luck in there. Uh, there's also a big element of just bad in here, but, you look at this card, you wipe away a couple of the mistakes. He could he could have shot 66 very easily. The problem, Patrick, is that miraculous chip in for Eagle on 12 in the heat of the battle got him back to one over for the round. So it was like, uh, this would have been nice if he was already, I don't know, one under, two under, something like that really applied the pressure here. It just, it it did not end up being as impactful as it could have been. Yeah, it was just really loose all day. Like Greg said, the tee shot on eight was kind of a what are you doing type of moment. And too little, too late. Nice finish there at the end to lose two and a half strokes on approach and shoot two under is pretty ridiculous. But when I look at this leaderboard, I think it could be a sign of things to come for this FedEx Cup fall. At the beginning of the week, you had six guys who – sort of playing with house money. They finished inside the top 50 uh, in the FedEx Cup. Thagala, Davis, Coltrane, Brendan Todd, Max Homa. All these guys are inside the top seven, and I I just think that could be uh, really what the rest of these events will look like, where I don't know if there's that a huge gap between the top 50 and everyone else, but it it might be more uh, more than I think, honestly. It's an interesting hypothesis. Because you could look at this a couple of ways, Greg. It's like, yeah, they're they're better players. They've earned the spot. There, there probably is some level of gap between the guys who are already locked in and the guys who are fighting for it. But if if those guys choose to play one of these events, it's probably for strong reasons. It's either a place 
they really like or um, they've had success at before. Maybe they feel like their game is in great shape. There, there's really just no pressure to play any of these events. So if they tee it up, you think they might have a really good chance of winning it. The Those guys inside the top 50 are playing for nothing except Cash. a tournament. You know, it, it's like the gala playing the outlaw tour event, right? <laughs> I got, um, I want to play a tournament. So I'm going to find a turn and, and you have them here, um, but it doesn't benefit them in points. They're in all the events next year. They can take it the fall completely off. Uh, some guys won't want to do that, but you know, this group of guys who are in the top 50, I, I think it's pretty easy to look at the names and say, okay, well the, you know, the best players, the best players in this field were near the top of the leaderboard. I'm not sure that's going to happen every week, um, but it definitely happened this week. You also, I mean, Max Holma, Justin Thomas, do they play if there's no Ryder Cup upcoming? Uh, I know Cam Davis lives in Seattle. So he, he yeah, it's a, you, very interesting, um, but it's probably the closest event to him on the PGA Tour would be my guess. Could you pick a worse place to live as a professional golfer? It's a it's a strange place to live. Like Minneapolis. Um, well, you're at least in the middle of the country there. I mean, yeah, actually, you're right. Seattle like might see, see yeah. In the United States, in in the lower 48. I mean, like the Seahawks always have the the longest travel schedule in the NFL. Yeah, it's you're far from everywhere. That's interesting. Yeah, that's but he really likes it. He's, ha he's happy about it. It's a great pool. I think that's why he played this week. It's close. I wouldn't <laughs> surprise me. Like, I got to play it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> a, it's a home game, right? <laughs> I got to play it. It's 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 a thousand miles from where I live. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, I'll tell you what. Uh, to put a bow on Cam Davis. So his last handful of events. T10, T7, T6, 40th at the BMW Championship, and then a good finish here. So he's obviously he's obviously in good form. And he should keep playing because you know he'll be hold he'll hold the trophy this fall if he does. Definitely. Uh, all right, quickly on two guys. Justin Thomas was the big storyline coming into this event. He finished in solo fifth, 15 under par rounds of 69, 67, 65, 72. Sunday, not nearly as strong as the rest of the week. Patrick, did he do enough to kind of silence the critics and maybe at least buy him? Uh, a couple of uh, rest days before he gets thrown under the microscope again when he gets to Italy. No, absolutely not. The people will still be chirping okay. Justin I, Thomas. You I saw tried. it with their front. No, no I'm, look, I'm not a critic of Justin Thomas. I'm number one. I'm like Thigala's dad in Justin Thomas's camp <laughs> right now. That's the way I'm rolling into Rome, into the Ryder Cup. And really, it was just the front nine got away from him. He entered the day having hit 34 of his last 36 greens in regulation. You look at the front nine there. He only hit three. It was not good at all. He hit one fairway that came on number one. And when you bogey the par five fifth, add a couple more bogeys, but for him to really settle down, he had all nine greens on the back nine, had that nice Eagle there on the 12th and took advantage of the par fives. Look, I thought it was a nice, well-rounded effort. The iron play looked a lot sharper. Mm -hmm. And the thing I've been saying about Justin Thomas is the good's going to be good, but the bad is a lot worse than it has been before. And I think around to, like today, I, I know it's 72 around here isn't a stellar score, but he still manufactured shots, got around the place that was playing you know, it, it was firm and fast out there. It was, you know, no rain out there in Napa. So for him to kind of put together around like he did today, come in at even par, I thought it was some some good adversity and he faced it head on. And I, I was uh I was impressed with Justin Thomas. I think uh I think he's gonna go three oh and oh in, in Rome. Okay. Well hold on. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. <laughs> save save those takes. We got two weeks. Um the statistical profile, Greg. Pretty good. Uh, a zero, slight positive off the table. Take that. Sixth in approach, he gained five strokes. That is exactly where you want jo Justin Thomas to be. He gained another 2.8 around the green. He has a world-class short game, but he gained strokes putting a lot in round one, 
a lot in round two, a lot in round three, and he was basically zero in round four. Overall, 18th in strokes gained putting for the week, over three strokes. It's a good combination. Yes, very good combination. Um, perhaps a little misleading or, or concern. There's still a hidden concern for me. I mean, I'll say this. Watching Justin Thomas this week, I don't look at a player whose game is broken. I don't look at a guy. He didn't look lost to me. But I think he understands where what what he needs to do to have success and showed he can do it. So those are positives. The the negatives are two days where he hit three fairways one day and four fairways another day in the first and the fourth round. Now, you see the rough here in Napa, and it's a non-issue. There are some trees. He was under trees a lot, you know, (laughs) far, far too often. And it really limits his ability to hit iron shots. Um, but But the real issue is when you get to Rome and you're dealing with really thick rough, is that a reliable partner? And that raises a big question. I, I don't know what it's going to look like. Everything I've heard is the rough is really long. It's a quirky golf course. Uh, now, the rough was really long in, in Paris, too, and he went four and one. So And he wasn't accurate then either. So it, it's a hard thing to figure out. But m- my area of concern is definitely with his driving accuracy. Um, I feel a little better about his putting. Kind of hit or miss, but it felt a little more like old Justin Thomas. Um, and the iron play was good, but he's got to hit it in play to give himself those opportunities. And he, he struggled with that in round one and round four, 21 fairways. He hit this week over, over four days. Did you see he was also, that was 64th, by the way, he was aim pointing. Did you see that? Really? Yeah. I don't think he did it every time, but I did catch him throwing a couple fingers up. So he's been doing that since the Wells Fargo. And then him and his putter coach uh, separated RIP to them. And he was working with with Steve Stricker in Rome. And I'm very encouraged anytime you can have Steve Stricker look at your putting stroke. And who knows if it's just a flash in in the pan, like Greg suggests. History certainly suggests it could be. But if Justin Thomas is making putts and he's confident on the greens, that is a very welcome sight. Uh, speaking of Steve Stricker, he won again on the senior tour. Uh, so congrats to Steve Stricker. Um, all right, gents, let's probably take a break here. I was going to talk about Max Homa. Max Homa T7 in his, in his title defense. It's it's like the it's the perfect finish to not really talk about it. It was like, yeah, he played well. That's what we expected. No concerns. He's going to be in Rome. Hat tip. Your run of, of wins here is over. You played great. We're all very happy for you. I think I covered it all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very well done. Uh, We will hit the BMW PGA championship. We will recap our bets, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. And we're back. The European squad went to work at Wentworth. All 12 of them, 12, played at the BMW PGA Championship. And Patrick, all 12 of them made the cut. Nine of them finished 18th or better. The leaderboard littered with guys who will don the blue and yellow or maybe like yellow and red or whatever they end up going with in two weeks. Uh, None of them won the event. We'll get to that guy in a second, but a lot of positives to take away from the euros. Maybe a little burnt orange and Brown. I don't know where, I don't know who they tapped for that color combination, but it seems to be a hot one in the European streets. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And isn't this all relative, right? <laughs> there weren't, like, I saw all these European reporters and media members who I have the utmost respect for. Oh, boy, here we go. But and it's just going to be a it's, big just, it's just screenshots of the leaderboard like, oh, Luke Donald is smiling in his ho- in his hotel room right now or, or something along those lines. Oh, Luke like, Donald is a great chap or whatever. It's like, OK, guys, <laughs> like, are we shocked that 12 best European players are playing well? <laughs> like, I just... I understand the hype where it's the last tournament for all these guys before uh, the Ryder Cup. I think Bobby Mack is playing next week at Le Golf National. Uh, but the but the no- other 11 are done for the next uh, week or so. But, yeah, it was impressive. I Could you be concerned about that final group? Ludwig mm. didn't have his best stuff. Tommy Fleetwood, oh, oh my gosh, like – yeah. It is painful to to watch him in contention because you want him to win so badly. He left a three and a half footer for Birdie short. <laughs> yeah. Short. Sunday time. That is nearly impossible to do. It's tough. It's a tough watch. So naturally he's gonna turn into the Terminator in Rome. That's just gonna so I can eat my words. But it, it is a really it's a great thing for Europe. I'm really happy for them. <laughs> to see John Rahm, who had kind of been struggling there in the FedEx Cup playoffs, to to come back and play well. Hatton looked like it was his tournament for most of Sunday. Uh, and then Hovland's Hovland. I mean, just an absolute beast. And, and Rory's Rory. So, yes, fantastic result. Luke Donald smiling in his hotel room. Super happy for him. Happy for my European counterparts. But... I mean, Billy Horschel finished pretty high in this field, and Billy Horschel hasn't been playing well this entire year. So just maybe take it with a grain of salt. Take it with a little grain of salt. Here's the finishing positions. Uh, humor me here. Terrell Hatton, runner-up. Uh, John Rom fourth. Victor, fifth. Tommy Fleetwood, sixth, despite shooting a 72 on Sunday. Rory, T7. Ludwig shot a 76 on Sunday. Pretty ugly. Final round, he finishes in a tie for 10th with Sepp Straka. Matt Fitzpatrick, Shane Lowry, both T18. Justin Rose, T36. Bobby Mack, T45. And Nikolai Hoygaard, T64. Greg, that's your European Ryder Cup team. The man who got it done was Ryan Fox, 18 under par 69, 68, 66, 67. So uh, he is the one who earns the little trophy. He earns the number one. He earns all the cash. He's your winner. Yes. Um, and maybe looking forward to the President's Cup next year. Not sure. He was a he was a guy that I thought got snubbed from the last President's Cup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And showing that he can compete with these guys is is great. We know Ryan Fox is a great player. We know Aaron Rye is a great player, um, and and it's awesome to be able to make a really clutch putt like that because everybody had opportunities on eighteen. You know, Rye lips out for eagle, and Hatton has an eagle putt and misses, and um, I think Rom had an eagle putt on eighteen as well mm-hmm. that would have tied him for the lead, and he missed. So there there were a lot of really cool things going on, and it's it's great when you make birdie on the last hole to win a tournament by one really exciting stuff for Ryan Fox, but I cannot agree with Patrick Moore. We're not looking at the Fortinet leaderboard saying, well, both the Americans finished in the top seven. Maybe we should, (laughs) you know, like they did. They did. The only two American Ryder cup players finished in the top seven on the PGA tour this week. But it's a diff- it's expected. And when you look at a DP World Tour field, there's no Americans playing. I know Billy Horschel's playing. But there's no, like that entire half of the competition is not there. You know, it's, so it, it's not uh, overly surprising to me. Right? This, this is all of the best players on that tour playing together and taking all the money. <laughs> you know, they, 
the really impressive thing is Ludwig Aberg. I know he shot 76 today, but boy, his performance through 54 holes makes you feel like, okay, I made the right pick. If the, the wonderful chap that is Luke Donald, mm. um, then you look at Tommy Fleetwood and you know that Sunday Tommy is a tough watch. And you also know it doesn't matter in Rome. And I kind of feel the same way for Ludwig. I don't, I don't think you're going to get that, uh, that kind of situation out of these guys. They, whatever it is that makes it hard to win on the PGA tour, they don't seem to play with that when they get to a Ryder cup, especially in Europe. So I, I think this team is strong. We knew they were strong. They're a lot stronger than they looked a year ago. Uh, and even stronger than they looked two years ago. And it's a it's a solid team, and we're up for for a great battle against them. Odds makers, surprising. Odds makers, Patrick, have the Europeans at the shortest price I have seen in the last two years or so. They are plus one twenty five to the United States is plus one twenty. Even as recently as two weeks ago, this was probably plus one fifty. Three weeks ago it was probably plus one eighty. A little bit longer than that, it was plus two hundred. So. Either steam is coming in on the Euros or odds makers are adjusting based on what they've seen in the last month or so. I think it has gone too far. I actually agree. Yeah. Uh, and look, I understand you You add someone like Ludwig in the mix and his third round was flat out filthy. He looked like the you know oldest guy out there. Could could not miss at all. Miss or and when he did, it was in the exact right places. I thought today was pretty surprising uh, how he got about there. But like, come on, guys! Like Scotty Scheffler, if you throw him in the Fortinet field, what is he going to do? He's probably going to win or finish second. Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shoffley, all these guys. And I understand the want for. I actually do kind of have a bone to pick with all these people, United States citizens jumping on the european bandwagon like what are we doing here guys it's not trendy or cute or cool to be like oh i'm a european fan why (laughs) like that is just so dumb so to those people figure it out okay go go take a tour of the monuments this weekend in washington dc come back to me and root on the red white and blue it's gone too far this is the year the united states breaks the streak because They're just underrated, chip on their shoulder, a bit slighted by media and prognosticators alike. And (laughs) I don't think I don't I I know they definitely hear and read about all this stuff. It's almost a are you a believer Deion Sanders type of situation right now? And they might need to get him in the locker room in Rome. Uh, Are you concerned that when I get to Trevi Fountain, I'm going to be so moved and going to f- adopt Italy and, and Europe as, as my, as my rooting interest moving forward. I'm going to see the monuments. What, what if that happens? Trevi fountain will make it. So you root for the United States <laughs> 10 times harder with the amount of people that are there. <laughs> what, Rick, what are you going to wear? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> Can you buy the, the sweater? the team sweater and just wear that all week. <laughs> I'm have to crowdfund it. It's like a $550 sweater, isn't it? <laughs> I'm uh I'm fine with you wearing anything as long as it's red, white and blue. What if I wear I mean, you know what I'll wear? Uh <laughs> the the hat they gave us at the PJ Championship that just says media across the front, which <laughs> might as well be a target. Like I can't believe they handed those things out. The last thing I want anyone to know is that I'm part of the crooked golf media. Oh, <laughs> man. Uh, Scarlet letter. Yeah, I know. It's like, yeah, I'll just put this in the closet. Uh, I do. I did get the. So they have the very classy, just the the Ryder Cup logo polos. Just it's just the trophy. And it's neutral colors. Maybe I'll just wear that. I have a silly question that I think I know the answer to, but I want to run it by you guys. Josh, do we have the leaderboard still from the DP World Tour? Is there a way we could pull that up? All right, scroll all the way down to the bottom. Like all the way. Like literally to the bottom. 
Yeah. Okay. So what's the difference between a WD and a retired? I'm guessing they did not come back because uh, Friday was pretty late, correct? And so maybe they didn't finish the round and they just said, I'm retiring. Okay. I, <laughs> Are I, they I, done with professional golf? <laughs> <laughs> right. They've literally retired. I think, I think is what it is, is if you stop playing in the middle of a round, you've retired. If you finish your round and then do not, and then withdraw from the event, you have withdrawn. I believe. Makes sense. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Because if you look at that, Matthew Southgate <laughs> it says, I mean, it looks like he shot a 71 and then withdrew, but I think he had taken 71 strokes in the first round and retired. Uh, I think. Okay. But I, was, I didn't know if that. I've never seen that before. It's always like that, uh, but there was a lot of them this week because of what Patrick said, which is like the, there was like the late, yeah, the fog, the, the uh, yeah. mayhem. Exactly, exactly. Okay, anything else, uh, DP World Tour that we should cover, or else we'll do our we'll do our best bets and we'll send Patrick to bed. Anything else? Yeah, let's do it. Need okay. to get my eight. Yeah, you got to get your solid eight. Okay, we are going to go over the best bets, and then we're going to tuck Patrick in uh, after a quick word from our partners. And we're back. The bets, the bets. After uh, starting our new season, we wiped the slate clean and we got off to a pretty darn good start here. That is three out of four matchups. Mark got Kucher over Gim. I got Cole over Putnam. And Patrick, you got Shea Reve over Webb Simpson. Yeah, Mr. Napa Valley himself, Mr. Wine Country. Ches Reeve got the job done for me. I was a little nervous at first because Webb Simpson got off to a really nice start. Really and then nice I start. and then I checked on Friday and he was like three over. And I was like, Yeah, he was he was three under through his first nine, but shot a 73, one over, and then shot a 74 on Friday. Mr. Now he hits it 300 yards, did not hit it 300 yards this week and still missed the cut. Yeah, it's coming though, Rick. And look, lifetime undefeated in FedEx Cup fall matchup. So nice, nice to keep that trend going. Yeah, for sure. Um, finishing positions, two out of four here. I went with Doug Gim, top 20, cash it. And Patrick, look at you, undefeated in FedEx Cup fall, finishing position wagers, Max Homa, top 10. Yeah, you get Max Homa in the state of California, you Bet on him in some way, shape, or form this week. It was a top 10 at plus money, which it probably should not have been in this field. And happy to come through for the loyal listeners. Uh, now, Greg, our outrights were a bit of this, a bit of that. We had some DP World Tour. We had some PGA Tour. We had some DP World Tour first round leaders. I scanned through all of them, and I do not see one single Sahith, nor do I see one single Ryan Fox. So wipe the board. Yeah, disappointing. A lot of good plays. A lot of good plays. I see what you're doing with Billy Horschel. Taking the flyer long shot. Mm-hmm. I probably would have stayed um, in in the Fortinet for my ivory tower. I also would have played Saif Figala. I was going to say, who would you have picked? And like, oh, oh you would have got there. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. good. No, I would have. I, I had two guys. I was I was telling everybody that would listen. Uh, I liked Akshay Batia, who missed the cut by a shot. Mm-hmm. He would have been in the outright one slot. And Saif would have been in the outright two slot. Which kind of, you know, it's a strange thing because there was not really a compelling reason. It looked a little better. Didn't look great, but it just felt like he was going to play really well. Um, So those are the two horses that I really liked. Um, And it would have come through, which would have been nice. But I would have stayed away from the DP World Tour, I think, because it's just it's so hard to figure out. That tour is so chaotic. If you ever want to wake up early on Sunday and watch guys puke all over themselves, throw on the DP World Tour. It is insane what happens at the end of those events. Yes. And and that's typically what I'll watch is you're seeing the last couple of holes. And all of a sudden, the someone who wasn't even on the leaderboard has 
gotten <laughs> into the lead and there was they played one hole. It, it's crazy. <laughs> it's so now this was a little bit better because you had like you have like the top end talent, but there are mm-hmm. it is usually like a battle of two three hundred to one golfers try both trying to actively lose the tournament. It is like so it's it's awesome entertainment. I love it and great golf swings. Yeah, all oh, the best. Not kidding. They just are awesome. I always marvel at it. But anyway. That's all I got. Our best bets, where we get an extra 50 bucks, we put it on anything. Wow. Are we hot? So much green on this board here. Mark went with Ryan Moore at plus 550 to finish inside the top 20. Ryan Moore finished T45. Other than that, cash them all. Dylan Wu, top 40, no problem. Min Wu Lee, top 20. Yes, sir. And Patrick, the positivity parlay i believe it's the first time it's ever hit tommy fleetwood minwoo lee alexander bjork aaron rye to all make the cut at the bmw pga championship not a single problem to be had there cash it plus 150 congratulations thank you i I very much appreciate that a true where were you type moment when this (laughs) came through friday and I'm just, I'm, I'm very happy. Like I said, we, we only have the bets to deal with during the fall as opposed to the bets and the one and done. As mm. Brandon Chambly would say, it's a bit of a sensory blitzkrieg. <laughs> Great reference. For, for me personally, so I can just focus on the bets and this is what happens. The first of many, maybe we can force it to boost it or something in the future. Um, but b- very, very happy. <laughs> well done well done there um all right gents well listen it is not technically Ryder cup week i guess it's technically solheim cup week that'll be fun next week we seem like we're gonna have a special guest i'm not gonna announce it i don't announce these things until we have it in the bag because anything can happen but i think we're gonna have a special guest we're gonna do a couple of special episodes we're gonna see what happens i'm gonna fly to rome things are gonna be very good i'm off any last tips um, avoid restaurants that have pictures on their menu. Why? Cause they're, is that just like, they're trying to get the tourists? Yeah. The, you don't want to go there. Is it true that I'm going to have to, like, I, I got to pay to use the restroom. I don't think so. Oh, okay. I don't think, um, so. <laughs> I recommend face paint stars and stripe face paint. There it is. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't think that'll be happening. Uh, but I appreciate. I appreciate the the tip. It's a good, decent idea. Um, okay. Well, pleasure, gents. Any final thoughts? Or are we good to go? Let's get Patrick his eight. All right, Patrick. Sleep tight. Don't let the bed bugs bite. We'll uh, we'll we'll talk to you soon. Big thanks for now, producer. <laughs> producer Josh is all the hard work <laughs> behind the scenes. Uh, Patrick McDonald, you can find him on Twitter at amateur status, Greg Charm at the real <laughs> GFD, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.